Turn with me, why don't you, to Scripture we've looked at this morning, to Romans, the 8th chapter. In Romans, the 8th chapter, let's read this before we go further. Romans 8. You got any Scriptures marked in the 8th chapter of Romans? If you don't, you must have just got saved this morning and are just getting started, and that's all right. But if you go very far, you'll you'll have all kind of little notes written inside and colors and markings because it's just wonderful what's what's here. But let's just look at this 14th verse, Romans 8, 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's read this out loud together at least a couple of times. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's say it again together. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And one more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, sometimes people, not, not too many, but sometimes a few people take offense at, at, at moving slowly and carefully and, and, and with a lot of redundancy, thinking, well, I'm smart. I already knew that scripture and you didn't have to say it that many times. Yeah, but I'm not trying to get it into your head. <laughs> Do you understand? Besides that, you're not the only one here. <laughs> there may be somebody here that's hearing it for the very first time. Right? And besides that, that attitude would be pride. And it's real ugly and you don't want to be like that. <laughs> no, it's not, a, it's not what you know in your head that sets you free. It's what's real inside you that you act on. That you are a doer of. And this is one of the greatest truths we could talk about. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is leading us this way in these meetings. To talk about hearing from Him. Hallelujah. Hearing from the Lord. Hearing from God. As I said this morning as a teenager. You know, beginning to learn a few things about God. And beginning to be hungry for God. I became convinced. That if I could hear from God. I'd have it made. And now a few decades later, I'm all the more convinced that if a person will hear from God and do what they hear, you got it made. Hallelujah. I mean, uh, do you believe the Lord knows what to do in every situation? Does he know the way out? Does he know the right thing to do? Well, then if you could hear from him about what to do and you would do it, it should work. It will work. And I thank God so much for allowing Phyllis and myself to be associated with the Hagen ministry. Brother Kenneth Hagen have worked under his ministry for years now, closely, carefully, every day, day in, day out, and have learned from him and in the process of learning the things the Lord taught him about being led by the Spirit. Brother Kenneth Hagin has a book called How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. It used to be a little white book with a 
little blue on it and a, a dove on the front. Anybody got that book? If you don't, I highly recommend it. And if you have learned some of these things, you may not realize that not everybody has this revelation. There are a lot of good people that love God, but really don't know much about being led by the Spirit of God. You've got people that are, are, are using and, and leaning on all kinds of unscriptural and ineffective methods of making decisions and governing their life. A lack of understanding and revelation in this area is one reason why we have so many indecisive people. Indecision is a crippling thing. Do you know anybody? Have you been around anybody that seems like they can't make decisions or, or won't make decisions that they need to? They, they fumble around with it. They, they, they talk and ask everybody and their brother and their sister and cousin and friend what they think they ought to do and labor with it and labor with it and labor with it and go to counselors, professional and otherwise, and want to counsel with everybody they can run to. Well, friend, if we have the counselor, Living on the inside of us. If we've got the book with the answers in it, then we ought not be like that. If we're hearing from Him, and we know we've heard from Him, then the discussions should stop. The debating and wrestling should be over. We've heard from Him, now it's just time to do. Can you say Amen. But you, you know that there is obviously a lot of ignorance and a lot of misunderstanding in this area about hearing from Him. And I believe the Lord has dealt with us to camp on this and, 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 and to be reminded of some things and to get some fresh revelation. So I'd ask you to believe with me. Amen in these sessions. How many think it would please the Lord and be a good in His eyes for us to just get sharper? In, in the area of hearing from the Lord. How many like to hear from the Lord so strong and clear that when He whispers to you, it sounds like He's speaking through the PA system to you? <laughs> and you don't have to ask anybody, is that God? You know it's God. Just as sure as you know you're sitting in a chair, what your name is, you know it's Him. Amen? And that'll make you bold to act. And when you're bold to act, you will get results. You will. So this is not just a side issue that a few people need to hear. This is an, an issue that should be a great priority in our lives. Say it one more time. Romans 8. I didn't say the last time. Just one more time right now. Romans 8, 14. What does it say? For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Won't you turn with me to Second Corinthians again? Scripture we looked at this morning, but a number of people were not with us this morning. Second Corinthians thirteen. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah because I just had the witness in my spirit. There are people here tonight, and we're here this morning, and we'll be here uh, tomorrow and throughout the days, 
that need to hear from God. And I just had the witness, you will hear from God. You'll hear from God on that thing in these meetings. And as great as that is, it'll be the smaller of the thing because it won't just be that issue that'll be solved, but you'll just know better how to hear from God for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. That's exciting. That's worth coming to the meeting for. Hallelujah. Go ahead and agree with that in your spirit. Say it out loud. I'll hear what I need to hear. I'll see what I need to see. I'll get what I need to get. I'll hear from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know how you can tell you're in faith? You get excited. Every time. I said every time. There's no such thing as being in faith about a situation and being depressed over it. No such thing. I don't care if you made 19 good confessions that morning. If you're depressed over it, you're not in faith. No, no, no. If you're in faith, you believe God's heard you. You believe your confession's effective. You're counting it done. Then you're expecting things to change. That puts you in a state of excitement, expectation, and joy. That makes you strong because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. So if we're really living and walking by faith, we're going to be smiling. We're going to be, even in the tough time, we'll be excited because we're in faith. And it can't stay bad. The lack can't stay lack. The sickness can't stay sickness. We'll be calling those things that be not as though they were and shouting a victory anyhow. And God can't let that go. He'll have to perform His Word and do it for you as His nature and His faithfulness. 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Notice that phrase, the communion of the Holy Ghost. Another, another word you could use here is fellowship. It's the same, same word. Fellowship or the communion or fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Can you commune with the Holy Ghost? That's pretty weak. Let me ask you again. What do you think? Can you fellowship? As we were saying this morning, some people refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. And there are some scriptures in the New Testament that refer to him as an it, but you've got to understand that's King James. If you look up the words, you'll find that it really means self, not just it. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But is the Holy Spirit an inanimate object, or is he a divine person? Divine person. I mean, you can't fellowship in our vernacular. You don't fellowship with what we call it. We call the chair an it. Right? We call the post an it. You don't fellowship with it. You fellowship with him or her person. You commune with fellowship. Well, the Holy Spirit is a divine person 
And he is knowable. You can know him. You can learn about him. You can get to know him better. You can be and we should be intimate with him. Communing with him and fellowshipping with him. Well, fellowship means a sharing. A sharing in common. When we talk about, you know, reading the Bible or we talk about communion meals, that's when people sat down, and it's such a picture of it, because they shared a meal. Okay, there was meat and potatoes and bread on the table. They all ate at the same table. They all ate of the same meat, bread, and potatoes. And while they're there eating, they all wind up with the same thing in them. And part of what they ate becomes part of them. And so they all wind up being part of the same thing. Well, that's why that's such a beautiful picture of the the table of Christ, that we partake of the bread, we're partaking of his body, we partake of the cup, we're partaking of his blood, and we wind up, uh, you know, with him being manifest in us and through us, and we wind up with the same thing in all of us. That's what we're doing right now. You and I are having the evening meal. And we're all eating the same thing. I'm involved in the serving, but I'm eating too. You know how these cooks do. They're around the corner and they're tasting everything. and They talk about, I'm not hungry. Well, I guess not. You've been eating ever since you started cooking. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I told some secrets there. But anyway, say it out loud, the communion of the Holy Ghost. See, we, we are to commune with Him. And like we said this morning... That denotes something different than a lot of people have when they think about the Lord leading them. So many times people are are looking for something spectacular. Like I was talking this morning that when I was younger in the Lord, I I was, you know, beseeching the Lord, talk to me, talk to me. But me in my carnality, being natural, I'm looking for something natural. I'm wanting to hear something natural physically. I want to see something with my eyes. I want to feel something with my body. But the Bible said God is a spirit. And uh, we, you know, we need to commune with Him through the Spirit. He, the Holy Ghost, is a spirit. Go back with me to Romans 8 and let's talk more about this. Romans 8, I should have had you hold your place there, but we, we read the 14th verse. But skip on down to the 16th verse. Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 14, our text we read, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Is the Holy Ghost a spirit that binds you up? No. Remember the scripture says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. And, And you know the sense you know, when the Spirit of God's manifesting Himself, it's, it's freedom. It's liberating, not binding. We've not received a spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. You see, when one is adopted, they are accepted into a family and made to feel a part. Right? 
even though they might not have been by blood, they have now become a legitimate part, and they're made to feel a part. And when the Spirit of God is in manifestation, He doesn't make you feel like you don't belong. He doesn't make you feel isolated. He makes you feel like you belong. He makes you, he gives you that great, warm, fuzzy, barker lounger feeling. Lazy boy feeling. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about comfortable. Comfortable. And, and this is a, this is a key. This is a tip. You cannot yield to the Holy Ghost and be all tense. Did you hear me? If you're scared and tense, it's going to be hard for you to yield to the Holy Ghost. So if you're talking about, you know, praying in the Spirit, giving a message in tongues, or being used of God in any capacity, you got to learn to relax. you got to learn to be comfortable. And I didn't say that's always easy, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the, the, the more comfortable you get and the more free you get, the better job you'll do of yielding to Him. He's that way. How many believe that's the way it ought to be in the church? Let's say a, a stranger, a visitor, comes up out on the parking lot. They ought to see so many smiling, friendly faces everywhere they turn. They walk in the door. Everybody just makes them instantly feel like you belong. Feel like, man, I feel like I've been here for 20 years already and just been here for two hours. Huh? Is that the way it's supposed to be? Shouldn't be any cold shoulder. Shouldn't be any clickishness. You're, you're not part of our group stuff. I know a minister that an acquaintance of mine, this is in another country, he purposely one Sunday morning put some plants in the church. People that look like bikers, people that look like street walkers, orange hair, short skirts, nose rings, leathers and tattoos. He just kind of planted them around in different places to see how his people would respond to them. Actually, they gave them a little more room than they needed. <laughs> and then he got up and took the pulpit, took a verse or two, and then he said, he began to pound the pulpit. He said, what we need in this church is we need more short skirts and more red and orange hairdos. We need more smoking in the bathrooms. We need more cussing in the parking lot. <laughs> And they looked at him like he had lost his mind. <laughs> What's he saying, though? Does anybody know what he's saying? Hmm? We need sinners. We need people who are not Christians. What are non-Christians going to do in your church? They're going to... They're not going to wear the right thing all the time. They, they, they're liable to cuss out in your parking lot. They, they're going to blow smoke in your bathroom. Is that right? <laughs> and if you can't handle that, then you're not a fisher of men at all. <laughs> you know, I've seen Christians, I've seen ministers, thinking of a fellow one time, bless his heart, we were out to eat at a restaurant, and there was somebody sitting kind of behind us, and they were acting, you know, if they were a Christian, they sure weren't acting like it. I mean, they they were cussing and 
raising sand and talking about all kind of stuff. And boy, he just sat there. He got so mad. He was just fuming. He said, I can't take this. I, I'm not going to tolerate this kind of talk uh, around my uh, wife or around my, you know. And, and you know, I thought to myself, you know, I knew, I knew something a little bit about this guy. People act like that and, and they, they, by their own testimony, used to be world class cussers. I mean, he could have probably taught this guy a few new cuss words. Not only that, how many of us are bad witness to, to act like that? All indignant. Now, what you're acting like is superior and holier than thou. That's not going to win people. That's not going to bring them in. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, the Scriptures say. Not only that, to act like that and then go home and plop down in front of the TV and listen to four hours of cussing is being a hypocrite. Isn't it? We need to get this straightened out. <laughs> Jesus caught flack. Jesus was, was spoken ill of because he fellowshiped with sinners. Did, I mean, they talked about him. They said, you know where that preacher's at? Where? He's over there at this publican party. I mean, you know that bunch is the worst sinning crowd. But they loved Jesus because he didn't act like he was too good to rub shoulders with them. He'd sit down and, and eat with them. He wouldn't partake in their sin. He didn't condone their sin. But they knew he loved them. They knew he cared about them. Hallelujah. And that's who we're following. Not some man's religious code. Right? So the spirit of adoption who lives in us should be manifest in our house, uh, at the job, in the church. And we just make people feel comfortable. We don't see how we can ostracize or isolate. I mean, we just are arms wide open. If you want to come to the Lord, here we are. you got a family now. Amen. A family that'll stick with you closer than any gang member ever would. Closer than your blood would. Huh? I mean, this is what people are looking for in the world. And whether, whether they're looking for it in organized crime or they're looking for it on the street or they're looking for it in some cult. This is what they're looking for. It's what you and I have already found. The family of God. The spirit of adoption. By this spirit we cry, Abba, Daddy. That's comfortable. Daddy. Hallelujah. Daddy. Can you actually call the Almighty Daddy? We're talking about the one who made the heavens and the earth. We're talking about the one who sits on the throne. He's my daddy? Oh, my. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, verse 16, the Spirit itself. There's the word we talked about earlier. Actually, anybody got any modern translations that say himself? Yes, yeah, see all these hands? Romans 8, 16. That's actually the Greek word, autos. And it, it, it's where we get our word auto, like automatic. And automatic just means self-operating. And it literally means self-same. Self, or self-same. So you read it like this. The Spirit, the self-same Spirit. 
Of what? The one he's just talking about the Holy Ghost, the spirit of adoption, right? And that spirit, that self same spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Not not some angel, not, not somebody else, the same Holy Ghost. That spirit of adoption, the same Holy Ghost that, that was in the ministry of Jesus when he taught and preached and anointed him and even healed the sick and delivered people and raised them from the dead. The same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead, that self-same Holy Ghost lives inside of you and I that are born again. And what does he do among other things? He bears witness with what part of us? With what part of our... Our spirit, now this is very significant, he bears witness with our spirit, among other things, that we are the children of God. When somebody's born again, you know you are. And you have the witness within yourself that I'm saved. Amen? Now we know there's other indications. We, we know that we've passed from life unto death because we love the brethren. And there's other evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. But you can ask somebody that just got saved, you know, how do you know you're saved? And a lot of times they'll just say, I just know. Well, that's scriptural. you got a knowing. you got a witness on the inside. And it's a co-witnessing. If you look up this word, it actually means a co-co-witnessing. Co-witnessing with. I'll explain that. But a co-witnessing. Inside you is another person besides you. <laughs> co. Co. There's two. Hallelujah. You get a hold of this, this will help you tremendously in being led the rest of your life. A co, co-witnessing. Let me, let me just let you... Let that simmer just a minute. Go on over to the ninth chapter. Now we talked this morning about the first and the most basic way that God speaks to us. Anybody remember what that was? What's the first, the most sure, the most basic way that God speaks to us? It's through this book. Right? Now, if you miss that, you've really missed something. If you miss that, your, your foundation is off. Can we hear from God any time of the day or night by opening this book and beginning to read in faith? Amen. So if you say, I want to hear from God, I need to hear from God, open the book, start reading, and expect God to talk to you. He's talking on every page. These are His words. Amen. And they're not just an, an, an old archaic record. This is living. It's applicable to everybody, every generation, every time, every season. That is the first, the foremost, the most basic foundational way that God speaks to us. This book, the Bible. In addition to that, the primary way... That the Holy, you know, having said that, that being our foundation, the primary way that God leads all His children, based upon that, 
is by the witness of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say witness. By the witness, you see. Many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Well, just a couple of verses later, he tells us how this leading occurs. The Spirit, the self-same Spirit, the Spirit Himself, bears witness with what part of our being? Our Spirit, that we are the children of God. He causes us to know that we're no longer children of the enemy. We are now children of the Lord. Well, if He can cause you to know that, He could cause you to know something else. Right? He's communicating to you. If He could communicate to you and commune with you and cause you to know that you're not lost anymore, you're saved, cause you to know that you are now a child of the Most High God. He's your very own Father. You're His very own child. Then He could also cause you to know whether you should take this job or not. Whether you should marry this person or not. Right? Whether you should invest here or not. Couldn't He? Couldn't He? Wonder if He wants to. There's a lot of people that leave the impression that God is only interested in helping us in what they have decided is spiritual stuff. But that's not true. It's never been that way. I mean, you read back in the Old Testament, God anointed people to work with their hands. He anointed people to work with fabrics, to work with metals, to work with wood. He anointed people to do natural things. God wants to be involved in our life on every level. If we learn how to yield to Him, the Holy Ghost will help us from the time we get up in the morning to the time we go to bed. He'll help us get our hair fixed. He'll help us get dressed. He'll help us drive to work. Somebody said amen. I'm telling you, we've incorporated this into our life. I mean, that's part of the way I pray every day. I mean, my eyes are not open very good until I'm saying, Lord, order my steps. Direct my words and my thoughts and my deeds, my going. Establish my way. Help me to please you in all things, all day. And I'm looking to the Holy Ghost, looking for, for direction and help, because He knows everything about everything, and He knows the best way to do everything. But do you know the Holy Ghost helps some people a lot more than He does others? I mean, there's some people, the Holy Ghost helps them in little bitty stuff of life. He's helping them constantly all through the day. There's other people, He hardly helps them, rarely helps them, just with a couple of big things every two or three months. And there's some people, they're Christians, He never helps them, rarely helps them. What I'm telling you is true. There are some people the Holy Ghost helps a lot more than he does others. But it's not because he's a respecter of persons. It's not because he just picks and chooses. It's because some people have learned how to look to him more. Lean on him more. Trust in him more. Yield to him more than others. And he's there. He's always there. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't clock out. He doesn't go on vacation. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? You wake up at three in the morning just to turn over and you can go, hey, Holy Ghost. You go, you go, hey. 
You're not sleeping. No, I don't need to sleep. Just waiting on you to get up. Take your time. He is a divine, knowable person that we can commune with and fellowship with. He can be so real to us. But you, you can't have your mind on something else all the time. you got to learn to look to him. Listen. Check. Look. We're going to talk about this in some detail. But chapter 9, are you there? He said this, he said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience, also what? Bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Conscience. Your conscience is a very important part of your spiritual makeup and of you being led and directed in life. If you're going to be sensitive to the, the Holy Ghost, you've got to have a clear conscience and a sensitive conscience. Now, did you hear these words we've looked at so far? Witness, spirit, conscience. None of this is talking about the outward man. And so if we're looking for leading, we don't need to be looking to the outside. We as New Testament Christians are not to be led externally. We're to be led internally. Where's your spirit? On the outside or the inside? The Bible talks about there's an inner man, there's an outer man. Right? Though the outward man, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, the outward man is perishing. We're getting older. We're not going to live forever in the, in the flesh. Thank God. I don't want to stay here forever in the flesh. Do you? No. The outward man's perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. There's an outward man. There's an inward man. God leads us through the inward man, not the outward. Don't think you already know all there is to know about this now. People are still trying to be led by the outward man. We still got people praying. Lord, if you want me to do this, then open the door. Where's the door at? Come on, think with me now a little bit. What are we talking about? Are we talking about things out here? People are most of the time. Lord, if you don't want me to do that, then just close the door. What do you mean? Is that being led internally? Or is that being led externally? Lord, if you want me to do that... I'm just going to sit here and look out the window. Would you have seven red cars come by my house? Okay, there's one. All right. All right. Well, I didn't say how much time. There were some gray ones in between that red one. That's three. Do you realize that many Christians are still being led by these type of things, in essence, putting out fleeces. Hmm? Somebody said, well, well, Gideon did. Yeah, but Gideon is not a New Testament Christian. Had not been born again. Did not have the Holy Ghost dwelling in him. You couldn't tell Gideon, be led. 
He didn't have that option. I mean, nobody could be born again at that time. But under the new covenant, we're not to be led by fleeces. I mean, people have gotten in so much trouble doing this kind of thing. Because do you understand that the devil is in this realm out here? He's Satan is called, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he's called the God of this world. He can do stuff out here. He can influence people out here. Well, Lord, I'm just going to go talk to brother so-and-so. And if you want me to do that, then just have him to say something about it. So now, now, I know that as I say this, some people have thought, well, I've done some things like that, and it worked real good. I, I know the Lord has mercy on babies. <laughs> but as time goes by, you better learn how to be led by the Holy Ghost inside of you, or it's going to cost you. Because man can miss it. Man can be influenced by the wrong thing. Even good people. I said, even good people can be influenced by the wrong thing. And listen, if you go to somebody for counsel, and they give you bad counsel, and you make a bad decision, and you mess up part of your life, it's your fault. Not theirs. Your fault. Your fault. I've had people sit behind, sit across the desk from me and just cry and go, well, Brother Keith, I, I went to Reverend so-and-so and, and, and he counseled with me and, and he gave me this counsel. I went and did it and it has messed my life up. I've me- I, he, he led me astray. No, you didn't pray. Under the new covenant, every one of us have a Bible. Every one of us have the counselor. Every one of us have the responsibility of praying and being led for ourselves. Now, God sometimes uses other people to confirm things, but don't ever just look to somebody else and try to get them to make your decision for you. And I don't care who they are. If I give you something good, if so another minister gives you something good, we got it from the Holy Ghost, the same one who's on the inside of you. And if you'll just learn, you don't have to go through 40 other people. You can just go straight to the source. I learned that a long time ago. And I, had, I hadn't bothered a lot of people. I mean, it'd be exceedingly rare for me to go to anybody and ask them what they thought I ought to do. Not that I couldn't take counsel. But even I don't care who they are. If they're going to give me some counsel, I'm checking it by two things. I'm checking it by this book, and I'm checking it by the witness. I'm checking it by the book, and checking it by the witness. The book and the witness. The book and the witness. It's the foundation of hearing from God and being led by the Holy Ghost. Said out loud, the book and the witness. I got both. So I'm led by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. You know why I'm, ex- I'm excited? Because, I mean, a bunch of you, you're going to get so sharp. You're going to get so sharp. You'll hear God in the morning time. You'll be just riding down the road and the Holy Ghost will say, I'd turn off here if I was you. So you'll go, oh, okay, I'm turning off here. You'll get to work 45 minutes ahead of everybody else. they say, man, did you see that terrible wreck? Well, I missed it. Why? Well, the Holy Ghost just said turn off, so I turned off. 
You'll be about to buy a car, and the Holy Ghost will say, check you, and go, oh, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that. And you'll like it so good, you'll think, oh, I want this car so bad, but you'll put your flesh under, and you'll say, no, no, the Holy Ghost says, no, I'm just going to leave this thing alone. I'm walking away. Yeah, but it's a steel deal. I don't care. I'm walking away, and then four weeks later, you'll have twice the car you would have had. This kind of thing should be happening all the time, all the time. I know uh, I've always liked sports cars. From the time I was a little boy, liked sports cars, liked Corvettes especially. And I wanted a Corvette. And uh, the Lord helped me, and uh, we got to the place where I got I bought a used one for $3,000. You can imagine what kind of shape it was in. But, the, I mean, it's a testimony, if I had time to tell you. A guy that was a Corvette expert had, I don't know, 20-something years of experience working on him. He walked by my car, didn't know me, and the Holy Ghost arrested him and said, look at that car. He looked at it and said, boy, it needs a lot of work. And the Holy Ghost said, yeah, I know. That's why I want you to look at it. You go find him and fix his car. We'd never met. Didn't know the man. He had to look me up. It took him a while. He won't know who owns that car. And he finally found me. And I didn't know but what my car had leaked on his driveway or something. I didn't know why he wanted me. But he said the Lord told him if I'd just buy a few materials that he would put all the labor. He'd take it to his shop. And I'm telling you, he did. He slicked that thing up. I mean, he painted it uh, some color bright white with a metal flake blue inset that faded out. It looked like something you see in a magazine. But eventually, I was able to get a better car, and, and, and we were going to buy a new convertible. This was several years later. I was excited about it. We found one in a couple of states away, and I negotiated what I thought was a really good deal. And we drove up there. It was several hours, and it was this bright blue with white leather interior, white convertible soft top. It's good looking. I'd wanted one, you know. We got there, and man, that car was a looker. Well, we sat there, and it took them a long time to get it ready. They're supposed to have it ready. We drove for hours to get there, and it took them a long time, and we're sitting there. What are you supposed to be doing when you're just sitting around? You're not supposed to just be coasting and thinking about junk and nothing. You can you can be communing. And you don't have to be praying in tongues real loud. You don't have to be bothering anybody. You can just be checking your heart. Just aware. Just, just, how many understand, you know, that this man, this woman sitting here, he's aware that she's here. They're not saying anything to each other right now. She's aware that he's here. Right? They wouldn't have to be touching. They wouldn't have to be talking. But they're aware of each other's presence. When you get that way with the Holy Ghost, you'll have made a lot of progress. You're just aware he's there. And as your awareness increases and heightens, then your susceptibility of him talking to you and communicate, he's going to be talking to you all the time. And it won't be spectacular, but it'll be God. Mm. Well, we're just sitting there. Finally, they brought the car around. And, oh, man, this thing is a good-looking car. We got in it. We drove it around the block. We drove it around another turn. Phyllis said, this car's not right. And I knew she was right, but I didn't want her to be. This is a good-looking car. She said, I really got to check about this car. Something's not right. And I had the same check, but I didn't want to look at it. Now, you're laughing, but do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there? I've been wanting one of these for a long time. It's metallic blue. It's got white leather, white soft top. 
It's got all the bells and whistles. So I drove it around another corner. Check this corner out. See how I feel over here. She said, I just got to check. You know, we turned on some little electric thing, and it didn't work. Well, time I got back, I just, you know, I'm either going to override what I've got. And, and, and that's one good thing about husbands and wives and friends. We all got the same Holy Ghost. There should be a lot of confirmation going on, shouldn't there? Now, listen to me. Wives, don't just depend on your husband to get the leading of the Lord. Husbands, don't just depend on your wives to get the leading of the Lord. Both of you. This is the way it's supposed to work. He prays, she prays. He gets something, she gets something. At the right time, you talk about, well, what'd you get? Well, you tell me what you got. (laughs) See if it lines up or not. (laughs) But finally, you know, I said, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I got to check too. Something's not right about this car. I don't know what it is. It looks gorgeous. Now, how many of the Holy Ghost was there when they built it? (laughs) Is he everywhere? He knows. And I don't. Didn't the Bible say he'll teach us all things? He'll bring things to our remembrance? He'll even show us things to come? What a helper we have in him. And so I told the guy, I said, no. I said, you know, I just don't feel like that car's right. He looked at me. He looked at her. And I could tell immediately, he thinks we know something we don't know. He said, really? What, what, what makes you say that? I said, I don't, I don't, just the car's not right. Man, he stumbled and bumbled and he said, excuse me. And he, he went away and, and him and the manager came back out eventually and, they said, uh, you don't, you don't like the car. I said, the car looks great, but it's just the car's not right. They looked at each other. They looked at us. By this time, I wandered outside and I had found a red one. <laughs> was it yellow? Mm-mm, it was red. Yeah. We, it was red. The yellow one was before that. Yeah. I know about the car now. <laughs> It was a red one. It was a year newer. And as the more I got to look in at it, we had a witness. But I, I wasn't going to buy a red one. I wasn't going to get a red one. But I had a good witness on the red one. And so we wound up buying the red one. And as we were finishing the paperwork, this guy and his manager came in there. And they said, Mr. Moore, Ms. Moore, we're sorry. We apologize for misrepresenting that car to you. And that car said that car had problems. I don't know what all had happened to it. You couldn't tell it by looking at it. But they thought that we knew. We didn't know, but we knew somebody who did know. (laughs) Hallelujah. And he didn't give us all the details. He just checked us at, leave that car alone. You don't need that car. And you got to learn to follow that leading because the Holy Ghost, he's not going to write you a book on it now. He's not going to tell you all the reasons why he's checking you. Why? Because he expects, nay, he requires us to walk by faith. And when you're walking by faith, you don't have to see it all. You don't have to know it all. Everybody say, thank God for the leadings of the Holy Ghost. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but that'll be all right. We'll, we might go back here later on. But there, there was a friend an acquaintance minister of ours, that uh, 
was used a whole lot in the word of knowledge. Manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes people think about these things, and to them it sounds so strange and so far off, like, man, I'd like to be used like that one day. But it is so, it comes so easily, and it comes so naturally. Just like the Holy Ghost can let you know that you're a child of God, He can let you know don't buy that car. He can let you know something supernaturally that you'd have no other way of knowing. That is a word of knowledge. And yet it can happen without a bunch of fanfare. It can happen without any hot flashes or cold flashes. In fact, it can come so normally to you that you could pass it off as a thought you had. If you're not paying attention. This man and his wife were traveling ministers. She was used a lot in the Word of knowledge. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. But they'd travel around by automobile and also had a trailer. They just bought them a travel trailer. And uh, this trailer's brand new. They went to their first meeting. And they got there and it was in this little park and it was pouring down, raining. And they got out there to this park. They're tired from driving. And he told her, you just stay in the car and I'll get out and get the trailer set up. And so he got out and began to do the things, just got drenched and soaked in short order. And he hooked up the electricity and hooked up the water and hooked up the other and went, in, went inside and turned on the lights. Nothing came on. No lights. Nothing. So he went back out and checked the connections and, and went back and tried it again. Nothing. Well, he went back over to the fuse box outside. He looked you know, at the fuses and, and checked all that out and he closed it and went back and checked. Nothing. Well, all the time this is happening, his wife's in the car. What should you be doing in a situation like this? Huh? You should be just checking your heart. Yeah, you could be praying in tongues. You wouldn't have to be praying in tongues. But what you need to be doing is checking your heart. Well, she was used to doing that all the time. She just developed that way over the years. And he finally, he he, he stuck his head in, in the window and said, Honey, you know, I, I don't know what, to, I'm going to get the manager. There's no electricity here. And she said, well, honey, I just keep getting something about light bulbs. He said, ah, light bulbs. <laughs> he went on and got the manager and came back out. And they're standing in the rain just getting soaked and drenched. And they checked all the connections. And and, and, and he stomped back in the rain and, and looked in the window. She said, honey, I just keep getting this about these light bulbs. So he went and looked inside the globe. No light bulb. He went through the trailer. There wasn't a light bulb in the trailer. <laughs> they had never put any light bulbs in. <laughs> Would the Holy Ghost know that there were no light bulbs? If we were more sensitive, we could save ourselves so much aggravation, so many problems. She said on another time, they were driving to another meeting in the car, and they, they were stated, you know, at the motel or hotel, wherever it was, and they're speaking at this church this morning, and they got up, and they were running a little bit late, and, and they, they kind of took a wrong turn, and they didn't know exactly, they hadn't been there before, and their directions didn't seem to be right, and now, man, it, the time's getting away from them. They're supposed to be there. They're, they're the speakers, and they don't know where the church is at. And so they went around this corner for the third time now. And, 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 and what should you be doing at a time like this? Getting frustrated? Fussing because somebody gave you bad directions. Yeah, that's it. Mad. Fussing, fussing at each other. Why didn't you get those directions? You were supposed to get them. Reckon you hear from the Holy Ghost like that? But that's what people do. That's what Joe and Susie Sinner do. People is not even saved. That's how they act.
But thank God, she, she began to do the same thing. Check her heart. And so he's wheeling around the corner for the third time. And she said, honey, I just keep getting something about a newspaper. Newspaper? You want a newspaper? I don't know. I just keep getting something about a newspaper. We're in a hurry here, honey. We, what do you want? A new, you want me to stop and get a newspaper? I don't know, I guess. You know, here's one way you learn. When you get something like that, check it out. You don't have to stand up on the car and say, I've heard from the Lord. You don't, you don't have to do that. But just go check it out. Right? That's one way you learn. And so they whipped into this convenience store. He ran in and got a paper and brought it out and pitched it over and said, there's a paper. She picked it up, began to thumb through in the so-called religious section. There was an advertisement for their meeting with their pictures, with a little map, <laughs> with a little map beside it of where the church was at and how to get there. Who would have known, you know? The Holy Ghost knows. Hallelujah. Thing after thing after thing like that should be happening in our lives. We should have a supernatural edge. Amen. Over the non-Christian or the person who doesn't know. I know uh, some years ago in our own life, some friends wanted to ride motorcycles up to a certain place. And I had a motorcycle, but it was older. I hadn't ridden it in years. And they're just sitting there collecting dust. And they wanted to go on this ride. So I came in after a long, busy day. They want to take off in 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 a few hours. And I went to start it. And it started up, but then it it, it quit. And, and I checked, and it had a fuse blown. Well, there's some electrical problem somewhere. Well, these things have got masses of wires on them. I mean, wires everywhere. And I'm kind of a shade tree mechanic, but I'm not a motorcycle tech. And besides that, it could take a long time to troubleshoot all these wires. And I pulled a couple of things off. I put a new fuse in it, started up, blew the fuse again. Well, it's a problem. I sat there for just a minute. I said, now, Holy Ghost... You know everything there is to know about this motorcycle. What's wrong with this thing? Show me. Now, now when you, when you say that, don't try to hear a voice. Okay? Don't try to fit, because he leads us how? Bears witness with our spirit. And, uh, I just, you know, as I kept on messing around with it, this thought came to me. Check this. It was something behind a headlight. Well, I had no reason to think that would be it, but this is how you find out. I checked behind the headlight. That's where the problem was. Fixed it in about, you know, 10 seconds, and I'm on my way. I could have spent all day. I could have, you know, that kind of thing has happened again. Well, when it gets to more serious things, thank God for the Holy Ghost. We've started flying in our own planes the last four or five years, and that can be pretty serious stuff if you forget to do something. You know? And in the air, you can't just pull over on the side of the road and do it. It can get to be a problem. And we, uh, the, the Lord gave us this, this jet. Just gave, I mean, gave it to us. And we've been flying it for some time now. And up in New England somewhere, we were getting in it, ready to come back. And, and, and a couple of three people had, had supposed to had done something and checked it out to make sure it was okay. And I asked about it. Was this certain thing done? Yeah, yeah. Another person, was it done? Yeah. And uh, I just kind of had some, you know, watch this. When something keeps coming up to you, pay attention to it. 
Why? Because a lot of times you wouldn't even think about it. Or you wouldn't think about it but once. But when something just keeps coming up to you, you better check it out. We got in the plane. We shut the door. I'm sitting down in the captain's seat. I'm, I'm putting my seatbelt on. I'm running through my checklist. It came up again. I said, I've been here too many times. I said, whoa, wait, wait, just stop everything. I, it was inconvenient. I shut everything down. I pulled my belts off. I walked out. I opened, I'm, I'm holding up the show big time. But hey, it's, it's our show. <laughs> and I walked out and it was not done. There's a pin that goes in the steering wheel on that thing, which means when I'd been ripping down the runway about 120 miles an hour, I wouldn't have been able to steer. That's pretty serious. But the Holy Ghost knows. I know we were flying along. Well, it actually was not the last time we were here, but the time before that, I guess. We flew straight from Miami to Southern California. That's all the way across the U.S., and uh, it was, this was in the summertime sometime. When was, it, was, it was hot weather. I don't remember when the dates were. But we, we flew, and we stopped in Texas and got some fuel, and then we're flying on over to California. We were going to land at this certain airport. And when we got over the airport, you know, close to it, and we were supposed to start down, I just had this check. Don't land there. Just go to this other place. I looked over to Copilot. I said, you know, I kind of got a check about, well, he'd been around me enough. He said, well, if you got a check, then let's just don't, let's don't stop. <laughs> but we didn't have a lot of extra fuel. That's why we were going to stop there. So you're pushing your range a little bit to go to this next one. But the Holy Ghost knows. So we thought, all right, we're going on. And we made it to our destination. No problem. We were fine. Landed. Not a deal. Well, I mean, we learned the next, we didn't know, we, next day we learned that at that airport where we were supposed to land, the tarmac out there, the, uh, the pavement had gotten 130 degrees. And it was so soft that the tires of the planes were sinking down into it. And if we'd landed out there, we'd have been stuck. We had no way of knowing because it had just happened the last few hours, you know. But the Holy Ghost knows. Everybody say, the Holy Ghost knows. Say it again, the Holy Ghost knows. The Holy Ghost knows. If you'd follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, you'd never get the wrong babysitter. Hmm? You'd never hire the wrong person. Huh? If we followed that leading 100% of the time, we'd be right. 100% of the time. It's worth meditating on. It's worth pursuing. It's worth endeavoring to grow and develop in. For these services conclude, I have it on my heart. We're not just going to talk about leading, but the, if the Lord doesn't say anything differently, we're going to get into how to develop sensitivity. Amen. Things you can do and quit doing that'll cause you to get sharper and keener hallelujah and closer and his leadings to be clearer and stronger and more distinct hallelujah that he can whisper to you while you're asleep on your bed in the nighttime and both eyes will fly open and you'll go yes lord here i am what is it hallelujah and if you're like that, He can protect you. He can watch out for you. He can spare you. He can save you. He can help you. Hallelujah. The way He wants to. The way He intends to. Won't you stand up on your feet? Let me pray over you.
Oh, bless you, Lord. Let's praise the Lord a little bit. Let's thank the Lord for His leadings. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We glory. Come on, let's just praise Him a little bit. Father, we bless you. Thank you for the leadings of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you've not left us orphans. You've not left us without help. You've given us the most wonderful helper we could ever have. You've given us your own Holy Spirit. Thank you. The same help you had as you walked the earth, you've given to us. Thank you. 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 Say it out loud. Lord, teach us. Show us how to become more sensitive. How to pay attention. How to be aware. How to yield to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.